0: Welcome to the Convergence Podcast. We had the privilege of having our lead pastor, Greg Seamus, share with us this past Sunday morning. As a church community, we look at Psalms 100 and how a lifestyle of thankfulness leads to a lifetime in His presence. We pray that this message speaks to your heart and propels you into His presence. I want to talk to you about uh, I, I've, I, I don't know when I did this message, but I, I felt like we're moving into the Thanksgiving season, and, I, and there's, never, there's, always, there's always a great window, a great opportunity when you talk about worship. And one of the core values that we have at, at Convergence is, the number one core value is declaring the worth of Jesus and the presence of the Lord. And when you, uh, you can't manufacture the presence, you can't program the presence. You can't um, manipulate the presence. It's either where God shows up or he doesn't. And I do believe that there's, there's uh, deeper realms of the presence of God. I do believe that I could be at home and my time with the Lord and I could feel his presence. I do believe that there's a corporate anointing where two or three are gathered, there he is. I do believe that when you have hundreds of people gathered in his name, that there's a greater level, the river of the presence of God goes even higher. Um, when hearts are turned toward him, he just loves to come. And the presence of God is always an expression. You know, when I walk into a room or when you walk into a room, the pre- your presence is reflected on, a, on you as a person. And so the presence of God is actually the nature of God. It's the, it's the revealed beauty of God. And when he comes into a room, he comes into a space, he, he kind of turns everything upside down for his glory. And, and so when, I, I, don't, I don't ever get accustomed to or I don't ever get, that's probably not a good word, but I don't, I don't ever want to get just satisfied or get used to or, you know, when someone gets healed. I want to be able to rejoice in every healing. If, if someone is healed of cancer, I want to rejoice. If someone's healed of a headache, I want to be able to, with the same measure, rejoice. Because it's really the presence of God that touches people. And when, when our, our prayer is that when you walk into this space, that, um, that you feel the presence. Not just, because theologically we can understand the presence. That makes sense? But there's something about feeling the presence when God's active. And, um, and some people have a greater, um, l- level of feeling the presence. I don't know how else to say it. Um, because I'm more linear. I mean, when he can just, don't you feel that? I'm like, I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> just give me a little time. Okay. So, so there are people who are just more activated. They can sense the presence of the Lord more. I don't know if, I don't, I'll talk to the Lord about that. Um, and and so some people really sense the... Some, some people feel like electricity. They come walking in the race, woo, room. There's like, woo, you know. Some people just experience God's peace. They walk into a space and they, and they just feel like the peace of, of God's here. I just, I don't know. All my troubles seem like they're all distant right now. Um, sometimes it's joy. People walk into the room and they feel and they experience the joy of the Lord. It it's, it's really is an, it's, it is a partnering, but in some ways it is just supernatural. It's kind of walking into the presence of the Lord. So we carry the presence, right? Um, he abides in us, so I praise God for that. So I have access to the presence all the time, and you do too. And then there's that time when we come together, and that, there's that corporate anointing, and that's that corporate gathering. Today I do want to talk to you about Thanksgiving and... I want to talk to you about um, it's kind, of, kind of I don't know where the plane's going to land except to say that I really want to end with Thanksgiving. I want us to, I want us to practice Thanksgiving. And so um, Psalm 100 is one of my most favorite psalms, Psalm 23, Psalm 100. These are um, like I don't know if you have favorite passages. This is one of them for me. And I probably haven't spoken on Psalm 100 spoken. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, on psalm 100 for about a couple years and i and i i I felt like i needed to revisit this so you guys ready all right so um let me just go ahead it's only five verses so let me just go ahead and read those five verses and then we'll just kind of hit it we'll do a little bit of an exposition today all right so it says shout for joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with, everyone say it, praise. praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. All right? So let's just jump up in the f- verse 1, because this is really kind of a fun verse for me. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And the NIV says... Um, in Psalm 100 verse 1 shout for joy. Everyone says shout, shout for joy. That word shout actually means shout. I mean the the word r- literally means cry aloud. It means to raise the sound. It means it it gives expression to a war cry. Another way you can say it is to raise a shout or a thundering voice. So when, when David is writing this passage, I'm looking here, was that David or Korah? Anyway, when, it, when it's written, it's, it's not a, a shout that is kind of like uh, low-key. We have to understand that in the Old Testament, worship is... The expression of worship, the re- the expression of thanksgiving, the expression of praise was very loud. And so, I, I know that in some of our in some of our churches, it's it's we've some people have like dialed it down. But in the, in the Bible, it's very very loud. And I think the closer you get to the throne, the louder it gets. Now, for some of you, that's good news, and for some of you, that's not good news. <laughs> and so when you see, you know, around the throne where there's thousands upon thousands and ten thousands upon ten thousands and all that, heaven is not a quiet room. Yeah, right. I'm not saying that there's, there's not a space for quietness, because there is, but when it's loud, it's loud. Yeah. And so when we talk about shouting for joy, the word joy there means gladness. Or it means, it actually, the root there means um, gratitude. So, so the, what's interesting about that phrase is it says, shout for joy. It doesn't say, when I feel joyful, I shout. Now, I always thought that, that phrase was interesting Shout for joy. So that means that the actual shout is not a result of joy, but rather helps produce it. So when I shout, I'm actually, it's not, of course there's the expression of shouting for joy when you're joyful. Does that make sense? Does not mean like, if I'm joyful, I can't shout. Shout even louder. But what the word says here is that we shout for joy. That it, the, it doesn't, as a result, we don't shout as a result of joy, but we, as, instead, rather, it helps produce joy. So in my shout, I feel like doing it now, but we'll do it later. In my, in my shout unto the Lord. We're just not shouting for shouting's sake, Right? Because it says, shout for joy where? To the Lord. So I could shout, and in the shout, and it's unto the Lord, and it's to the Lord. There's a reciprocal that takes place, and actually in the shout, joy is released. And for some of us, that's a straight up step of faith. Because there are times I have not felt like shouting at all. But if I lift a shout to the Lord, with him being the focus, I have experienced the rush of joy into my own heart as a result of the shout. So the shout for joy has direction. It's to the Lord. It's directed to the Lord. Not just shouting anywhere. And then the exhortation is shout for joy to the Lord all the earth, the whole earth, everyone and everything. So in verse 1, we get this picture that, that the shout is a loud and enthusiastic approval, typically to welcome and honor someone or something to give praise, applause, cheer, ovation and tribute whether you feel like it or not. It's actually moving us into a level of maturity in worship. You want to lift up a shout? Yeah. Some of you are like, well, he's going to do it. <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just do it for like, I'm not going to do it. I'll Maybe I'll turn the mic off, okay? Because I don't want to scare people, all right? <laughs> so let's just go ahead. I just want us to stand for 10 seconds, and I want to count to three. And I just want you to lift up a shout to the Lord, all right? I know some of you have never done this before, and it's good. I think that there's, I was told years ago for every Physical expression, there's a spiritual release. So there's a spiritual release when we clap our hands to the Lord. There's a spiritual release when we lift our hands to the Lord. There's a spiritual release when we shout to the Lord. All right? So you guys want to shout louder than a, like a 49er game? or a... No one's shouting with the Warriors right now. I, I just, they're sh- shouting at the Warriors, but not. All right? So, but we're going to shout unto the Lord. All right? So on the count, just practice it, you know, just shout unto the Lord, just say, you could just declare something about him, like you're amazing, like, but, but do it in the shout, all right? Okay, one, wait, one, two, three, go ahead, lift it up. All right. All right. All right. All right. You guys did really well. Give somebody around you a high five and be seated. For some of you, that was the first time you ever shouted to the Lord. And I just want you to know the more you do it, the better you feel. All right. Verse 2. It says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Serve the Lord, other translations say, Worship the Lord with gladness. And I like combining both of those, serving and worship. And anything that we do, you know, serving is always an act of worship unto the Lord. And so we serve the Lord with the entirety of our life lived. As service unto God. So, so we're talking about the shout, right? Lift up the shout, all the earth. Can you imagine all the earth shouting unto God? And then, then he moves into serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. So when it says come into his presence with gladness or singing, it really, the word there means extreme joy. So we're shouting for joy, and now we come into his, his presence with extreme joy. I like what one translation says. I think it's the Passion Translation. It says, sing your way into his presence. Sing your way into his presence. Now, I'm, you guys, I've I've said it a hundred million times. I feel like I need to keep, I don't know why I need to keep saying it. But Wendy I mean, when she's stressed out, she gets on the piano and she begins to worship. Anyone like that? Maybe you don't get on the piano. But me, I have to, I I just want to find a place to hunker down. But I've learned some things from her, and that is that even though it's not my first response, and it is for her, I think it's a high-level response to just. When we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling like we don't have the answers, when we feel like we don't have any faith, sometimes it's best for us to sing our way into the presence. For some of you, it just might be, I need to crank some worship music on my way to work. For some of you, you just need to get your Bose headphones on, noise-cancellated headphones, and just worship the Lord. Like, let it simmer and just let the worship fall over you and cascade over you until you come into this place of breakthrough. There's something powerful about singing our way into the presence. There's something powerful about shouting for joy. And it actually, I do believe, it does actually activate a different part of our brain. Singing, shouting activates a different part of our brain that God created, are you guys all right? So come into a presence with singing. That word singing there doesn't mean la, la, la. It means, it means jubilant, triumphant, shout, ringing, cry, or singing with words and music. So I just want you to get to this, this picture that, that uh, the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew people were not people who just sat in a chair and did this which is totally fine. But they were loud, they were emotional, they made declaration, they shouted, they declared, they sang triumphantly like they went for it. Verse three. Know that the Lord, he is God, is he who made us, we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So know that know that he is the Lord is the word there know means to know by experience. Not just knowledge, but knowledge that's connected to experience. So by experience we know the Lord. He is God. He made us. We are his. Can we say amen to that? He made us. We are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Like we have a privileged position in his house we are sons and daughters of a good father he has he has steadied us now we're jumping into verse four which is really where I want to kind of land the plane it says here enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and bless his name so you see two things going on there you see enter his gates with thanksgiving and we see, give thanks to him and bless his name. So when we talk about gates, we, we've really hit this over the last couple of years. Let me just kind of refresh you a little bit on what a gate is. Gate means an opening. It's a door. Um, it's a meeting place. Um, gates also symbolize the entrance into a palace, into a camp, into a temple, or into a city itself. Gates also represent jurisdiction, a dwelling, a strength, power, and dominion. We enter God's gates on our way to his throne, but we enter those gates with something called thanksgiving. And I love that he's specific about how we enter into his presence. We enter in with thanksgiving. We gain authority, strength, and power when we enter his presence with thanksgiving. So what is thanksgiving? Outside of what you get on Thursday or, you know, like what is thanksgiving that we see in the Old Testament? It comes from this word, this root word called yadah. Try it. I'll never, I know I totally messed up the Hebrew, but just pretend it, I, I know what I'm talking about in terms of how to pronounce this word, right? So everyone say yadah. Yadah, that's what it means. And it really means to extend the hand, which I think is super interesting. It means to declare openly. It means to be freely unreserved. What the word yada means, or the root word, the the word tada, thanksgiving, or yada, the root word, means this. It means speak the same thing. It means to agree on what God has done and will do. Now, let me tell you that the thanksgiving that we're talking about here is the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So, this declaring or agreeing with what God has done and will do comes out of a place of sacrifice. In other words, it's connected to sacrifice and it's given, the sacrifice of thanksgiving is given before you receive. So, the sacrifice of... so what, what does that mean? That means that when I approach the presence of the Lord, I step through a gate. Now you can, you can say I, I step closer to the presence of goor, the Lord or I step through a gate, a jurisdiction, a place of governance. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. A lot of, There's a lot of meaning in the word gates, right? So I come, into, I come into the presence of the Lord through the gate of thanksgiving. That means I come into the... I come, into the, I come into the presence of the Lord, and here's, here, praise is out here somewhere. I'm going to step into that place of praise, but I step into the presence with thanksgiving. That means I step in agreeing with who God is, agreeing with what he's done before I received anything. I step into the presence of the Lord. I take that step to the, into the presence of the Lord, agreeing with who he is. It doesn't matter what I think he hasn't done in my life. doesn't matter what I'm facing that I have questions on. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to the Father. I, you, you understand what I'm saying. But my initial act of faith is like, regardless of what's going on in my life, I step in through this gate of thanksgiving, this sacrifice of thanksgiving, declaring who he is and what he's done. It's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I think that's pretty fascinating. So the lifting of the hand symbolizes agreement and it involves a confession. So this word tada sounds really weird. This raising of the hands in adoration suggests that I have to have, I I gain an attitude of sacrificial praise, giving thanks and praise before I receive from the Lord. I give him thanks. I give him this, I give him both vocal gratitude and a declaring agreement. So when I step into this house on a Sunday morning, I don't rush into praise I know these are levels of work. I mean, you can rush in the praise because he's a good dad, right? He's not going to say, eh, nope, you got it all. You know, I'm not going to listen. You know? so, but I want to come in with this posture of thanksgiving. And I'm telling you, as a parent, you love it when your kids appreciate something you've done for them. Right? I mean, so, so you love it when, like, you have, you have done something for them, and they've, they've actually recognized that you did something for them, and they say, thank you. When we come into the presence of the Lord, I mean, he's got his love and he's, he can overlook all that, but we, when we come into his presence like this and we just say, thank you. I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care what's going on in my life. I am breathing the air he created. My heart is beating to the pulse and the impulses of what, how God's touching me. I have a lot to be thankful for. And sometimes I, I, I drift over here and I just look at this because it's in my way. <laughs> you know, there's this thing. But I can certainly come into his presence with thanksgiving. I can go through that gate with thanksgiving, recognizing, declaring who he is and what he's done in my life. I come into agreement with who he is. It's the sacrifice. Sacrifice generally means I don't feel like it. Or when I'm hurting, or when life doesn't make sense. There's something about the sacrifice that fire falls on. Fire always falls on sacrifice. So he's not doing that because he's wanting just like, hey, you got there's something for me when I step through the gate with Thanksgiving. Does that make sense? And he's not going to put a, he's telling, he's giving me a secret. Let gratitude overwhelm your heart. I mean, gratitude in many ways is the antidote to entitlement. So when I come into this place, this sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I just declare, I come into agreement with who he is, God, you're my healer, it's the sacrifice, it's the declaration before I'm healed. Does that make sense? Do I see question marks popping over top of your heads? That's all right. So the attitude of this sacrifice is, I'm thanking God, I'm agreeing with God that it is as he says it is. I don't care what it looks like. I'm agreeing with what his word says. Psalm, let me just give you a couple verses here. Psalm 50, verse 14, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Psalm 95, verse 2, let us come into his presence With thanksgiving, let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So now we we step through the gates with thanksgiving and now we enter his courts with praise. Now this is a very interesting word. The word praise means the spontaneous song. In other words, the spontaneous song is not necessarily a written song. It's a song that's coming out of you. It's this word. I won't even pronounce it. I can't even pronounce it. I'll, I'll shipwreck the song. I mean, shipwreck the word. I'll just. It's te, Tehillah. Oh man, I'm gonna take Hebrew. I wish I would have took Hebrew in Bible college. It refers. This word praise. Refers to a special kind of singing that is unrehearsed. It's unprepared, in which today is is referred to as it could be called it could be called the spontaneous song or singing in the spirit or singing with the understanding. This exhibition of praise brings unity um, and connection to our Father. So we step we step into the gates with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And now we enter his courts with a song that's resonating from our hearts. Now, it doesn't mean you can't start with one of the great worship songs that we do here. But there's a place where, because you could just sing a song and not have it resonate. I don't know if you, right? So you could be singing a song here and be thinking about a million other things you got to do. And you're like, what did I just sing? Anyone ever been? I've been there. I'm like, you know, whatever the song is, right? You know, whatever, I'm just like, and I'm thinking about something else, and I'm, and, I'm, and I, I catch myself. What, what was that whole like? What was that verse? All, I just sang a verse, and I've been thinking about. We have the ability to do that. So it's this, it's this, this, uh, this spontaneous song. The word there means to. It's at the primitive, the root word is to to, uh, to boast or to shine. And so, and it's actually connected to, if you guys can ha- hang with this, it actually means, um, there's a definition in there, it means to rave. <laughs> and I know that pe- younger people are like, rave. Okay, so, I'm not talking about a rave, but it's almost this, this It appears that the closer that you get to the Lord, it's just this undignified, what people would classify maybe as is like, why is he so demonstrative right now? It's a demonstrative action of praise that comes out of this sacrifice of thanksgiving. And then it says, give thanks to him. Now, that's a different word. That's different than Thanksgiving. That word is not connected to the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. That word, thanks, give thanks to him, is actually means a response of gratitude. So I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I just step in regardless of how I feel. That's the, you know, when I first got saved, I felt like I had to feel something in order to give him worship. You know, I I felt like, but the older I got, and I'm still kind of young. But the older I got, I felt like I learned that now it has nothing to do with how I feel initially. That if I step into through the gates with this sacrifice of thanksgiving, the, the feelings always follow the action. And so, and so feelings are all kind of like the caboose in the kingdom, and being obedient is kind of like the engine. And so, as I'm obedient, then the, the emotion comes in behind it. In our culture, it's usually the emotion has to take preeminence. If I feel something, then I'll do something. But in the kingdom, it's all about obedience, and then the emotion follows it. So as I take the sacrifice of thanksgiving, as I come into his presence, there's that, there's that obedience, there's that stepping in, and then there's the There's the emotion, there's the experience of the Lord as I step into this place of sacrifice because fire always falls on sacrifice. And then as that's taking place in my heart, then the spontaneous song takes over or the being rowdy. And I do think in in many ways we we haven't really bridged Um, on earth, how worship is in heaven. I think we're learning that. And it doesn't mean like if you're loud, you're worshiping. And if you're not loud, you're not worshiping. I'm just, what I'm saying is that there's a part where, where part of our worship expression needs to be truly a spontaneous, loud war cry. As well as the time when we're settled in before the presence If you know what I'm talking about, there. And then it says to bless his name. And that's at the end of the verse. That word bless means to give reverence to. So I step through the gates of thanksgiving, I enter the court of praise, and then that prepares me to respond to his presence. See, worship is I'm the sacrifice. Worship is response. Have you ever been to a meeting where you've been completely undone, if I can use that word? You ever been at a corporate expression or even in your own house or whatever, and you feel the presence of the Lord and you're you're really undone. All you can do is drop to your knees. It's the reverential, is that a word? Part of our expression to the Lord. It's when we just fall on our knees, some of us will cry, some of us will lay out, some of us just say, I'm yours. We just say, I'm yours. I'm overwhelmed by your presence. Let's end this thing, verse, verse five. I really think verse five is the result of the first four verses. As a result, we actually, there's something that rises up and we make an actual declaration in our own lives. We say this, for the Lord is good his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's just hear that there's three things there. for the Lord is good. The goodness of the Lord is the sum total of all God's attributes. It's the foundation that brings clarity to all his other attributes. The Lord is good. There's never a time when the Lord isn't. Now, that's kind of hard for us, for us sometimes because the first line of attack will always be the attack on his goodness. But as I take this, if I go through the gate of thanksgiving and praise and I actually bless the Lord in reverend, this reverence before the Lord, when I get up, I will say the Lord is good. I've never walked oh, out of his presence saying, the Lord's not. <laughs> Every single time I've encountered the Lord, I'm overwhelmed by his goodness. In spite of my circumstances. Like I walk out saying, he's got it. Like he's in control. Like I know, I, it, might, it might look like it's crazy on the outside, But it's almost like you're in the eye of the hurricane. So for the Lord is good, number two, and his love endures forever. Alongside of God's goodness is God's love. Loyalty will keep his loyalty, who he is. Let me just tell you. As Father, He'll always keep His side of the relationship. There's never a time when He ever stops loving you, and His love is constant. His love isn't like this. In our human relationships, our love could be like this. If you offend me, it kind of dips a little bit. You know? And then we have, anyway, human love is imperfect love. That's why we need God's love. God's love is perfect, and it's constant. Aren't you glad his love doesn't change? He's not going to love you any less tomorrow than he does today. And he's not going to love you any more tomorrow than he does right now. His love is like this. I don't even know. How do you measure it? Paul says you can experience it in Ephesians. The depth, the width, the height of the love of God, be filled with the fullness of God. I mean, do we have access? I don't even know how we can have access to the fullness of God, but it's in Scripture. Number three, his faithfulness continues through, everyone say it, all generations. Faithfulness means trustworthiness. reliability. These are the qualities that make God faithful. In other words, you can trust him. And I'm telling you, I know that you know we have people of all ages in the room, but get around some of the older people and just talk to them about the faithfulness of God and learn from them. And those that are you know what I love to see is I love to see older people I'm trying not to quantify myself, but that are that are just on fire for God, their passion is still as hot as it was when they were twenty, and these got saved, <laughs> or in the Jesus movement or whatever right like but I, I love seeing like the 70 and the 80 year olds and even the 90-year-olds, they're just like still red hot for God. Like they still have dreams and visions. They want to do something for the Lord. They, they're going, they're going, they're going, they're going. Like this. You Just sit down with them. Those are, those are the ones you want to kind of look at. Sit down with them for 30 minutes and just ask them one question and be prepared to listen for 29 minutes. And they'll tell you about the faithfulness of God. They'll tell you when they didn't understand. They'll tell you when when they thought they were shipwrecked, they thought that there was no possible way, they thought that God disappointed, God didn't make come through, and two or three years later, he comes through, like just sit with them. Because he's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. So as I enter into that, the gates with thanksgiving, I enter in the courts with praise. The result is I'm, I'm the sacrifice. It's, my response is worship. I'm overwhelmed, I'm undone by the presence of the Lord, I will stand up and say, he's good, his love endures forever, and I can trust him. What's the end result of our worship? God is good. God is love. And he's faithful. Those aren't the only three, but those are the three that we see in Psalm 100. That's his gift to you. God doesn't need our worship to be God. As if, I hope Greg worships today because I don't know, I feel a shortage. The worship I give to the Lord actually benefits me. It's actually for me. It actually creates a, it's, it's the beginning of a dialogue or a relationship with the Lord. God is not up there egotistical or selfish. It's for my benefit. You can blink, you can listen. Those are all gifts from God right now for you. Yeah? The air you're breathing is a gift. Everything from heaven is a gift. It's all a gift. We love because he first loved us. Love always gives. that makes sense? So everything is a gift. Then it comes down to response. Am I gonna receive the gift and not respond? Or am I gonna respond? Response is, thank you. Let me conclude, go to Luke chapter 17. And I'm gonna be reading out of the NIV. You guys are quiet, you guys all right? All right. In fact, let's all stand. Take your phones out. Go to Luke 17. Get your paper Bibles out, which I prefer. Luke 17. I do like digital. Come on. We're in Silicon Valley. How do you not like digital? All right. I was praying this morning about this morning. And the Lord brought me to this passage And I feel like I want to conclude with this passage. And then I I want to just take a few minutes and just offer thanks to the Lord. So I need a keyboard. Look at that. Jordan is right on cue. You're such a good son. Wow. This is a familiar portion of Scripture, but let me end it with this. Now on his way, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you the address. I gave you half the address. Luke seventeen eleven. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So I want you to just get this picture for a moment. I don't know how far away, but because they had leprosy, they were declared unclean. And if you're declared unclean, you live outside the city. Like you are not wanted. You are an outcast. And so you got to get this picture of Jesus, these 10 lepers who have no, they can't cross that city line or that village line. There's Jesus, and, they're, and they make this declaration Jesus, Son of God, or Master, will you you have pity on us? Will Will you heal us? And so Jesus, in verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. He didn't say, be healed. He said, go show yourself to the priests. When you go show yourself to the priest, that actually means that you have been cleansed. The first thing you do if you're cleansed by, as a leper is that you go to the priest. Jesus directed him to the priest in several stories. So Jesus doesn't issue out the be healed command. He just says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And they went. What an act of faith right there. As they went, they were cleansed. I, I just want you to get a picture of that for a moment because I love putting myself in Bible stories. There they are walking, all 10 of them. What? Come on, leprosy eats away at your skin. It destroys you from the outside in. So they look at their hand, one looks at their hand, and it's being restored. Like these 10 that were leprous, as they were going to show themselves to the priest, are being cleansed. That to me is phenomenal, because these are a bunch of outcasts, and Jesus said, makes the declaration, they go in faith, and as they're walking, they're cleansed. One of them, verse 15, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. In a what voice? In a what voice? Oh boy, I could. Anyway, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. and he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was an enemy. I mean, he was not an enemy to Jesus, of course, but he was most hated because he was a Samaritan. Remember the story of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, right? Verse 17. I love this question by the Lord. Were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? See, Thanksgiving is not a demand Jesus puts on us. It's a response. It's a a heart that's filled with gratitude. It's the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. It's along the way, I, I got cleansed by the Lord. I'm a Samaritan. What right do I have even to go to a Jewish man? What right do I have to even... Get, fall on his feet what right do I have but I'm going to do it anyway because it's coming out of a heart of gratitude and my page turned so Jesus asks "Were are not all ten cleansed and where are the other nine has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The sacrifice of Thanksgiving. I know we're moving into Thanksgiving season. I know that some of you will be traveling. Some of you won't be traveling. But I'm telling you, just jump in your car today. And if with your family, jump in the car. Take one minute. Turn off the radio to say, let's just all offer thanks to God right now. Would you just take about 30 seconds? I would like to put your hands out in front of you. If you feel comfortable, if you don't, do it anyway. Because the word does say, lift up holy hands. Some of you might want to drop it on your side. Some of you might want to lift it really high. It's up to you, you know. I I could do a whole Pentecostal thing about that, you know. But I won't. But if you want to lift up your hands high, you could do that. I just want you to take 30 seconds, and I I, I promise it'll be 30 seconds or so. And I just want you to begin to offer thanks to the Lord. And let's just give him the sacrifice of, of thanksgiving. Let's step through. Right now, you're stepping through the gate of thanksgiving. And you're on your way to the courts of praise. Go ahead, offer them thanksgiving. Now, well, what do I say? Start by saying thank you. And then phrases will just start coming to you. I promise you, the Holy Spirit is in agreement with thanksgiving. If you don't know where to begin, thank him that you're alive. Thank him that you're breathing the air. Thank the Lord that he's kept you. That he's been faithful to you that he's been good to you. Thank him. Go ahead. Let's just go ahead. Let's begin to lift our voices of thanksgiving. It really doesn't matter who's on the left or right of you. That's not really the issue. If everyone's offering up the sacrifice of thanksgiving, no one will hear you on your left, on your right, because they're going to be offering up that thanksgiving to the Lord. Just go ahead. If you've never done this, I'm telling you, there is a spiritual release in it. There is something that takes place in the spirit. Come on, let's let's go ahead and lift it up high. Come on. Lift up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's coming into agreement with who he is. It's coming into agreement with what he's done. It's your sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's not Pastor Greg's sacrifice. It's not your wife's sacrifice. It's not your husband's sacrifice. It's your sacrifice. Lift it up. Come on, we can get a little louder, a little more vocal than that. Come on, just a little bit more. That's right, lift it up. Now, if it could be spoken, it could be sung. So why don't you go ahead now and turn that spoken thanksgiving into a new song. God's created your voice as an instrument. Use the instrument God's given you. Lift it up as a song to the Lord. Just find a melody. Just go ahead and release it. I'm telling you, there's going to be a spiritual release when you lift up the spontaneous song. It could be this, thank you, Lord God, we bless you, Lord. Just lift it up. Holy Spirit, Fall on the sacrifice right now. Holy Spirit, fall on the sacrifice right now. As we lift up thanksgiving, as we lift up praise, Lord, let the presence of the Lord fall on every single person in this room. Come on, a little bit louder, a little bit louder, come on. Lift up that spontaneous song. I want you the next 30 seconds just to respond to his presence how do I do that just listen just listen is he saying anything to you right now listen just say father I'm yours I'm yours I'm yours I'm yours recommit my life. Take over. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Yeah. Pretty simple, isn't it? Gates of thanksgiving, the courts of praise, and we enter into the Holy of Holies. And that's where transformation takes place. So, Father, I pray that we be a people of thanksgiving, a people of thanksgiving. it's way more than one day a year. It's a lifestyle. Lord God, we just pray that gratitude fills our hearts. As we step into the fullness of your glory and in your presence, in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you again for listening. We hope that what was shared in this message leaves a lasting impact on your life. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe to our channel.